Good morning. My name is Derek, and uh, it, is, it is a humbling privilege to have the opportunity to open God's Word with you so often. And uh, that's what we're all about, is being people of the Word. At Faith Church, we want to uh, look to our great God by hearing what He has to say for us, uh, to us in His Word. So it's my privilege to, uh, with, by God's grace and with God's help, uh, to see if I can help with that a bit. Uh, we're going to start uh, with this verse on the screen. Proverbs 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Is that reassuring? It is reassuring. It's comforting to know that, that what happens, that what prevails, that what will stand is, is what the Lord's purposes are. And I, and I, but I also think this verse checks me. It, it checks my spirit. It checks my heart. And then I hope it would you as well. Do we ever catch ourselves making the plans first and then wondering if that's a, what the Lord would will? Shouldn't it be the other way around? Seeking God first? This morning we have an opportunity to ask ourselves the question is, is, is God on high, the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, is our great God Lord of all? Or is He Lord when things go my way? Open your Bibles, if you would. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Love us to have our Bibles on our laps and follow along in God's Word together. So if you have a Bible, open to Matthew 16 or open your Bible app, and we'll start in a moment at verse 21. This morning, though, I will be also referring to several verses in several places, and I'll put those on the screen so that you're not having to jump around in your Bible, but you also, but be sure to jot those down if you want and, and, and look them up at any time. As you're turning to Matthew 16, um, I, too, just want to say good morning to all of you that are here in the worship center. I want to say good morning to all of you that are over in the community center. Thanks for worshiping with us. And, uh, of course, thanks to all of you joining us uh, on Faith Online. And um, it is a joy to have church family everywhere. And so I want your help in saying hello to them. Let's help them feel loved and included. If you're loud enough in saying hello, church family, they will hear you in the community center and online. So uh, after, after uh, one, two, three, hello, church family, okay? One, two, three. All right, so Pastor Jake, let me know later if you guys heard in the, in the community center and uh, if those voices were picked up by, by this little microphone up on my face, but... Church family everywhere, you are loved, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you back with us when that time is safe and appropriate and helpful. All right, Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to start reading a few verses at uh, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. This is one of the early times when Jesus... Uh, gives a foreshadowing, gives a, a, a glimpse of what is to come, that he will uh, die on the cross and be raised again. From that time, verse 21 says, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. Verse 22, one of Jesus' 
followers, one of his closest friends, Peter, takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke the Son of God. (laughs) This always strikes me, and I know that we've talked about this together before, but Peter takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke Jesus, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Now, we may empathize a bit with Peter. If we had an opportunity to follow God the Son in the flesh on earth, to learn from him, to live daily life with him, to be so thankful for, for God's work in our lives through Jesus, we too might hear these words and go, wait, what? No, that, that's not the ending I have in mind. That's not what I think it should be going on here. So maybe we, maybe we could empathize with Peter. But, but look at Jesus' response in verse 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. Jesus, this is, a, this is, a serious, this is serious business. Why? Well, Peter, uh, well, Jesus goes right on in the, next, in the next part of the verse to explain why Peter is so off base. And why, why questioning God's plan for Jesus is so off base. Jesus continues. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. See, we we could think, oh, Peter, silly Peter, you know, get it together, man. You're you're, you're hearing from God himself, and and whatever God through, through Jesus wants to say, isn't that good enough? We could, we could be frustrated with Peter. We could say, get it together. Or we could use Jesus' words there in verse 23 to check ourselves, to check our thoughts and our plans. Are our plans things of God or things of man? Do our expectations for how life will play out, are they things of God or things of man? Even our prayers. What do you talk to God about? What do we ask of God? Are our prayers in line with the things of God or or in line with what Derek thinks and feels and wants? There's There's always upcoming events in life. There's always upcoming things that we could view as turning points, right? And that's no different today. There are things in the, in the life of our nation, in the life of our church, and probably in your individual life, there are things that are on the calendar, that are upcoming, that are in the near future, that could be seen as turning points. And, and I want to ask us this morning, what results do you have in mind for those things? When you think about November 3rd, what result do you have in mind? When you think about whether schools should be open or not, or when they should be open? Do you have a date that would be acceptable to you and anything else is clearly not God's plan? There's, 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 up, there's turning points. If, if the school's open by such and such, well, that'll be acceptable to me. Otherwise, boy, watch out. If so-and-so wins the election, I'll smile. But if so-and-so wins... Dot, 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 And now, before you think I meant something I didn't, flip those names. If so-and-so wins, I'll smile. And if so-and-so wins, dot, 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 
I'm not up here talking about who should win or not. I'm talking about what you have decided ahead of time. What would be the only acceptable response for us? I hope you're tracking with me on that. No one go home and said, Derek told me to vote for so-and-so, because that didn't happen. But if, we have, if we're expecting outcomes, if we're expecting outcomes according to our preferences, or, or let me go a step further, if we have certain outcomes that we expect that we believe are correct, the only correct option, if those are our expectations, isn't, aren't, we, aren't we walking a dangerous line there where we're almost telling God what to do in our heart? Are, are, we, are we looking for God's will or are we liking God's will if it's our will? Um, is our great God Lord of all, or is he just Lord sometimes? So what other situations do you have in your life? I mentioned some you know, that, that are upcoming here in, in, in our life in the, in the next few days, in the next few weeks. But what do you have going on in your life that, that you wish is going to happen a certain way? Maybe you have something on the calendar and, and you know how you think it should go. Um, we think this is best. Do we, do we inadvertently impose that outcome on God? Or do we go to God asking him and his purposes, praying according to him and his purposes, and trusting that his will prevails, that his purposes prevail? What if, you know, what if God's plan is different than ours? Do you think? Could it be sometimes? We're in a series of messages that we're calling Knowing God, and the attribute of God that we want to take a look at, at briefly today is uh, a fancy word, omnipotent. That our great God is omnipotent. And some of you may know that means he is all-powerful. We, we talk about he is omniscient, that is all-knowing. We talk about he is omnipresent, that is he is always present, present everywhere. And today's topic about God, the attribute of God that we want to take a little bit of a look at is that God, our great God, our Heavenly Father, is omnipotent, all-powerful. And when I think of the word omnipotent, when I think of all-powerful, I tend to think of strength and power and that God can do everything. That he, and, you know, Jake last, Pastor Jake last week talking about the rock that is so heavy that even God can't lift it. No, because he's all-powerful, he can lift it, right? I mean, yeah, well, I thought it was amusing. Uh, no, uh, I think of that, I, that's the picture I have of, of all-powerful. And it's true. Those things are true. We, we see the Bible refer to God Almighty. We, hear, we see the Bible say things like, to God, all things are possible. And to God, nothing is impossible. And we see the Bible clearly teaching that God upholds the universe. I'd say those are things that describe all-powerful, don't they? But I think that's, that's definitely true about our omnipotent, all-powerful God. But the, but the thing we want to look a little more closely at this morning is this idea that omnipotent is that God is able to do whatever he wills in the way in which he wills it. That, that God is so powerful that his will will be accomplished. That God has the power to make things occur according to his will, his good plans, his purposes, and in just the way that he intends. That's the kind of power that God has. 
Now, it's important to note that God, God is all-powerful. He can do whatever to bring about his will, but he is not going to do anything contrary to his nature. He is wise. He is holy. He is loving. So that all-powerful God doing everything he wants to bring about his will, anything and everything, will be done within, uh, within, the, uh, within his character and who he is. Uh, Job put it this way. This verse will be on the screen. Job put it this way. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. There's nothing that God has in mind that can somehow be thwarted, that can somehow be stopped, that can somehow be de- derailed by our actions or, or the crazy circumstances and the swirling around us in our culture. Job says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I know I've used this picture before, and it's probably a little bit simplistic, but I like to, I like to give us the picture. I like to remind myself, because by the way, because by the way, I get way more out of this work this week, each week to teach God's word than you do. I'll guarantee it. And what God has to say about him being omnipotent is what God needed Derek to hear this week. And, and so it's a joy for me to share and, and see if that is an encouragement to you. But this is, this is where life is. This is a, some, a reality of God that I need a frequent reminder about. And, and, and we can think about his omnipotence this way, that everything that happens has passed across God's desk. That everything that we experience, that everything we say, that anything anyone else says, anything that swirls in the culture around us, anything that we think is a turning point on the calendar that's about to happen and should have a certain outcome, everything has already come across God's desk. Everything passes through his office. In other words, and and, and let me say, unlike your office or my office, God doesn't miss anything. I get 57 emails in a day sometimes and don't respond to some of you for a month and a half because I missed it. Not because I'm against you, because I missed it. And and, and some of your desks have piles of paper, right? And some of those piles of paper are starting to slip off the side of the desk. Not God's desk. Everything that happens has passed across God's desk and he hasn't missed anything. It, there isn't a, a time when God looks away out the window and stares at the birds and something goes through and, whoops, didn't see that happening. I didn't know that was going to, oh, oh, sorry. No, it doesn't, that's not the way it is. Everything comes across God's desk. Everything that occurs is either ordained by God or, or allowed by God. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit. There are things that God determines unconditionally. There are things that God determines will happen. We see this in Isaiah 14 on the screen. The Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. There are definitely ways in which God ordains what happens, where God determines things that will happen. But there is plenty that goes on around us that God determines uh, conditionally. He's still determining. He's still omnipotent. But he is determining them conditionally through the obedience or disobedience of people, the presence of God-glorifying actions, the presence of evil actions. 
None of this is, has been missed by God. It's all gone across God's desk. And so while God sometimes determines things to happen a certain way, he also permits disobedience to God's commands. This is where, this is where we can have both an all-knowing, all-powerful God who, or, who, who is in charge of the world. Here's how we can have both that and humans with free will. Humans with free will, we have, in our free actions, we, we make choices, we, we are obedient or disobedient, we even fall into sin. In humans with free choices say prayers and, 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 and say things and ask things that the Bible tells us God hears and listens to and even sometimes responds to. The actions of free will creatures have consequences and implications. Things happen as a result of the actions of, of, human, of, of us humans. But none of that, don't miss this part, but none of that derails God's purposes. It's all come across his desk, and he's either ordained it or he's allowed it. He is Lord of all. He is Lord always. Whether we like the outcomes or not, whether they were our preferred outcomes or not, whether we obeyed God's commands or we didn't, Lord of all, all the time, all-powerful. There are events in, 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 in the world, there are things that happen, there are actions that, that happen, and, and none of this, God's eternal, uh, God's eternal purposes cannot be frustrated or derailed. There's, there's nothing that you can do or say. There's no, there's, there's no one that can, that can obey or disobey and, and then somehow change what God's outcome is to be. God's will is fulfilled, is fulfilled. God's will is fulfilled in just the way he wants it to be fulfilled. We look around at some stuff, don't we? Sometimes look around at circumstances and things we do or things someone says to us and we go, that, doesn't, that must not have been right. God was looking out the window. God was staring into the blue sky. That, that must not have been what he had in mind. No, God's will is fulfilled, is fulfilled. What happens is God's will in the ways that he wants it to be, whether we understand it or not. I don't have a, t I don't have a ton of time to go into the story, but you, you may know the story of Joseph and his brothers. And if you don't, I would encourage you to just jot down Genesis latter chapters of Genesis, I want to say 40, chapter 40 or so and beyond. And you can read the story of Joseph and his brothers and, and, and uh, some of the different things that happened there. But here's an incredible verse. We'll look at this verse first, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the story. Genesis 50, verse 20 on the screen. Joseph says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive. Joseph's brothers, jealous of him, had conspired and considered to kill him, thought slightly better of it, and only sold him into slavery. That's a very short version. Again, go to Genesis and read it. Joseph, Joseph's brothers conspired against him, thought about killing him. Instead, they sold him into slavery. And that's what he's referring to here, to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me. You intended to harm me. You intended bad purposes. 
But Joseph ended up as a significant leader in Egypt, and his position allowed God through Joseph to provide for God's people. God's people were taken care of because Joseph had ended up in his position. So he says in verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Even these free will actions intended for evil with different outcomes in mind are turned, are overruled by God for his perfect purposes. Because his will is fulfilled in just the way he wants it to. He is Lord always. He is Lord of all. God not only has the, when we think of omnipotence, God not only has the strength to affect all his purposes, he not only has the strength to accomplish his will, but he also has the authority. He has the authority in the entire kingdom of heaven. He has the authority in heaven and on earth to bring about the purposes that he wants. Romans 8.28 reminds us, these are familiar words for some, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. That God has the ability to work all circumstances together for his good purposes. And that even includes what blows my mind, and here's, here's where we'll spend our last couple of few minutes. That even includes sin. We've already kind of talked about this morning, that everything goes across God's desk, and God's even permitted sinful disobedience at times. God, and, and, and in permitting sin... God is still great enough, uh, God is still powerful enough to limit sin's passions and powers. And you know what the best, most amazing example of this is? God has permitted sin, but he still is powerful enough to overrule all sin for the greater good. And the most amazing example is at Calvary, at the cross. God's pinnacle moment of history, the cross of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, is an example of permitted sin that God overruled for the most spectacular purposes. Look at Acts, uh, we see in Acts 4 a little bit about this. Uh, In Acts chapter 4, verse 27, it says, For truly in this city, this is after the resurrection of Christ, thinking back to the circumstances that led to the crucifixion, the execution of Christ, for truly in this city were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And then then the verses go on to list people that were there, Herod and Pontius Pilate and others. And then it says, that those people were gathered together in the last week of Jesus' earthly life, verse 28, to do whatever God, God's hand and plan had predestined to take place. When Jesus went to the cross and died a horrendous, brutal, earthly death, It wasn't because God was looking out the window at the pretty birds and missed the stuff passing across his desk. Human authorities were working against Jesus to bring about his uh, his execution. And that was was not that the the world was spinning in God's hand and then, whoa, whoa, you know, God lost it and Jesus was murdered. Oops, 
No. Human authorities were working against Jesus to bring about his execution. And in those circumstances, God worked to bring about the greatest rescue that has ever happened for humanity. The good news of the gospel. And this is what brings us back to our chapter where we, or our passage where we started in Matthew 16. Back to Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter was setting his mind on things of of man, not things of God. Peter was setting his mind on the way he thought things would play out. The way that he had hoped the rescuer would do things. The kind of king he wanted Jesus to be. Peter was setting his mind on the things of man, not God. So do I. Right? And so do you. When we're not careful, we we set our minds on the things of man and not the things of God. When Jesus started talking about the fact that he must go and be killed, it didn't make sense to Peter's human brain. And when we think about things that are occurring in our lives or are about to occur, and we think we have an idea of how it should go or shouldn't go, it doesn't make sense in our human mind why God would do it another way sometimes. We think, well, this has got to be what God's going to do because this is the right thing to happen. On November 3rd, such and such is definitely going to be God's will. But sometimes the things that don't make sense to the human mind, Jesus Jesus takes aside and says, you're a hindrance to me. You're not seeking after the things of God, but the things of man. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Church family, you have the opportunity to be saved. You have the opportunity to find life now and life eternal. You have the opportunity to be forgiven of all your sin, made right with God, put back in relationship with God. You have the opportunity to receive the free gift of salvation by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. The gospel is spectacular news that God purposed before eternity to bring about in the cross of Christ. Because Jesus lived the life that you and I cannot live. He died the death that you and I deserve. And he was raised again to new life, showing that you and I can have new life too. That's good news. That's spectacular news. And circumstances and situations and upcoming events and things that we face. Think about those things again. Have those in mind. Look ahead to those turning points. Allow yourself to be honest with God of what your expectations or preferences might be. And then recognize that in this journey as a church family that we're doing to know God more and to consider what we know to be true about him and considering this attribute today, let's find him, let's recognize him to be omnipotent, able to do whatever he wills in the way he wills it, even if it doesn't seem to make sense to us. He is Lord of all, 
He is Lord all the time. He will be Lord on the morning of November 3rd. He will still be Lord on the morning of November 4th, or weeks or months later, whenever they finally decide who won. He's still going to be Lord then, too. So as you consider these upcoming turning points before, let me just caution you, right? Before we tell God what a good outcome would be for that thing you're struggling with in your family, for that relationship that's broken in your family, for, for, for being frustrated by COVID regulations messing with our holiday plans, for, for, for being frustrated about the kids being home doing distance learning when we should, you know, whatever it is, before you fill in the blank and tell God what the proper outcome should be, let's pray. Let's ask God to teach us to pray according to God's will. To set the, the, the things of man aside and ask God to show us what the things of God are. Let's rest in the reality of God's omnipotence. I'm going to read, and I'm, I'm going to close with this, and then I'll pray. You can just listen. Isaiah 46, 8. Remember this, and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning. I declare ancient times from things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Father God, thank you that we have a God who is a loving heavenly Father who loves us and seeks us and pursues us, wants to know us, and offers rescue through Christ. But God, this today as we've reflected on this uh, aspect of your omnipotence, we thank you that we have a God who is all-powerful, who cannot be thwarted, whose purposes will prevail no matter what the circumstances around us seem to indicate. God, we thank you that we can rest in the reality that you are all-powerful, that you can work out your purposes in the way that you want with no with no exceptions. We thank you that you are a God who is so great and so powerful that your purpose is your will is fulfilled. We don't have to worry about the what ifs. We don't have to worry about what we think would not work out well, about what we think you should help us avoid. And we can instead, Lord, teach us to rest in knowing that you are the almighty God, Lord of all, Lord all the time. We worship you. We thank you for your love for us, shown to us at the cross. Thank you, God, that you demonstrated your love for us in this, that while we were stuck in sin, Christ died so that we could live. Thank you, Father, for your great love for us. Help us to spend the rest of our time this morning together and even every moment of the week ahead worshiping you, living our lives for you, lifting our voices for you, seeking to pray according to your will. Teach us, Lord, 
how we can live for you in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.